the Title Town Podcast, episode 25. Well, hi there. You're listening to episode 25 of the Title Town Podcast. On this episode, we are going to recap the Packers' crushing defeat to the Vikings and get you ready for the Packers' Thursday night game against the 49ers. My name is Austin Gann, and I am joined, as always, by the one, the only, Daniel Marhenga. Daniel, how you doing, pal? The good news is that we could rebound on Thursday. Mm-hmm. We don't have to wait a full week. True. But that did not feel good. That really hurt. That hurt. And, I mean, they just didn't show a whole lot of energy for most of the game. Uh, the defense just didn't really show up to play at all in the first half. I thought they did some solid things in the second half with kind of three defensive stops in a row, but you cannot let Dalvin Cook run all over you, which they did. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, he was questionable coming into the game, but he looked at full strength today. And anytime you as the Vikings can take the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands, you are just adding to your chances of winning a game. (laughs) And the Packers got to play better, and they got to show energy. Yep. Penalties. Really sucked. On the offensive line. Penalty jo- penalties knocked out some good drives that they had and also, I mean, extended that one drive for them to go up, what was it, 28 or 21? Yeah, that Josh Jackson P.I. that wasn't really P.I. ticky-tacky and they called it. Yeah. You no, know, if, if they didn't call that, the Vikings are kicking a field goal and we're talking about a much different game instead of going down two touchdowns. Uh, also, the P.I. that wasn't called on uh, Robert Tanyan. Tunyon, however you want to say it. Uh, whereas, I mean, I thought it was P.I. I mean, it looked like he just got to the hands early, and you can get to the hands early if you turn your head, but his whole body was torn, torn turned towards the receiver, which was Tunyon, and those are just the things where they threw it late, and then they still ended up picking it up, which just doesn't make any sense at yeah. all. As, and that would have extended a drive. Um Got to play better, like you said. You got to play better, and I think one thing that I did not like in kind of Matt Lafleur's scheme today was how they kind of went away from the run in the second uh, half, like at mm-hmm. the start of it in the third quarter, because I thought they were running the ball really well, playing nice complimentary football, but then it kept like feeling like they were going for these deep strikes or forcing the ball to Devonte in some interesting areas. But I think your best bet would have continued that kind of nice rotation of Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon, which I just feel like they went away from. So I just feel like, you know, you go down seven right after half, um, and then it's just, I'm talking about like when the third quarter started, not going in half, it was tied at half. But I just feel like you could have still just asserted your dominance on the run that whole next drive, and you just didn't. You chose to throw the ball a little bit. And uh, I just feel like this is when the Packers get in trouble is when they're not committed to the run and when they can't stop the run on the other side of the ball. I think these are the common threads in Matt LaFleur's six losses in his career. Yep. Uh, as far as the defense, everyone obviously wants to talk about the, the run defense. Do you think it's an issue of coaching or an issue of execution? I mean, today I think we saw both. I feel like there was a few times, I mean, the, the one blatant thing that – uh, kind of points out, and I think the picture's kind of been going around on Twitter, is when Preston Smith was basically lined up as a perimeter corner. <laughs> <Yes>. Like, <laughs> w- in what game plan does that make sense? Right. Like, 
I just feel like I feel like other teams in their defensive structure check to stuff. I feel like whatever Petten calls, we'd never make adjustments to. Like it doesn't look, you know. I remember Mike Petten saying it last year, especially when we were playing good on defense, which was, you know, we had probably two or three stretches of four games where the defense was really playing good. Yes, and he always talked about the best defenses are a noisy defense. I don't know if you remember him saying mm. that, but I just don't feel like they're noisy. It doesn't no. look like they communicate to each other. Zadarius and Preston just look very, you know, kind of gassed about midway through the pass mm. rush. Rashawn Gary, I thought he had a few opportunities. If he would have threw a swim move or something different than just his bull rush, he probably would have got home, but he was just very predictable. And I think that's what's coming down to a lot of this Packers defense is they're just predictable. If you can extend the play to kind of uh, avert that initial rush, things are going to open up. If you just run the ball right at them, things are going to open up. And I <laughs> yeah. just think the Packers on defense need to learn how to kind of make those necessary checks if they want to just get better and I think that's a different thing you know whether it's a coordinator thing or you know Chris Barnes is the third linebacker does he not feel comfortable making those checks and getting them them into those types of things and then another big thing is they just have to get a turnover you know I was about to bring that up these these games I mean these are the things that we saw last year where it was just you know the Packers were not great defensively last year but they would get that turnover turnovers to swing games in their favor that turnover or two that can swing games is what they're missing and I feel like if you're not getting Kurt to throw Kirk Cousins to throw the and ball this was the game to do it. This was the, the game this to force was, a turnover from Kurt. Yeah, and you just couldn't really get any kind of basically get them in the mindset of we need to throw the ball. They were yeah. they were gonna run every critical yeah. down they could. And when the Packers are gonna give up the yards that they did, why would you go away from it? Exactly. And I mean that I mean to kind of go on to Aaron Rodgers' point is Mike Zimmer's a good coach. He goes up 14 points. It's going to be hard to scrap your way back into that. Yeah, He's a defensive-minded guy who loves to run the ball. So, you know, I didn't feel great about this game and kind of the, the ramifications that it has just because we're playing a 49ers team who does what the Vikings do just at a better. way better level and have more weapons to do it with, not just Alvin Cook. Right, on a short week. So uh, not a lot of turnaround to, to get ready. But we'll save that for the preview. Daniel, who were uh, some of your winners and losers from this game? Uh, I have one winner, and that would be, I thought Jay Sternberger and Robert Tanyan played really well today. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't say the whole tight end group because Mercedes Lewis got called for what felt like a 1,000 holding penalties yeah. today. Now, I don't think all of those were holding penalties, frankly. I think they were pretty bogus calls. But I thought that... Jay Sternberger and Robert Tanyan really, really played good games today. I thought I thought this was Jace's best game of the year. I thought Robert Tanyan had a heck of a game. Um, Rodgers just missed them both yes. on some probably if not big gains, if not touchdowns. But those are some positive trends that the tight ends can still be used in this passing game. What was your winner or loser? I, I have one, and... It's hard to really find something with the Packers that's positive without you know bringing negative into it. Uh, I'm just gonna give it to Mike Zimmer. Yeah, getting his first win against Matt Lafleur. Matt Lafleur's first loss in the division. 
Uh, that is something, and I think as Packer fans, we're kind of like, oh, you know, the house is on fire, the house is on fire, but this is still Matt LaFleur's first loss to a division opponent. That's mm-hmm. just crazy. That's been, it's, it's great. Um, and, and you brought it up, and Rodgers brought it up during the week of, you know, Zimmer shouldn't be on the hot seat. He is a good coach. He is. He he's is a, a very, good coach. He's a very good coach. In spite of the circumstances of the record, it's easy to just look at the record and go, oh, they're a bad team. He's still a very good coach. They have a lot of issues going around the team, but he's not the problem. Uh, so he got a big win today. He showed did. up big time. Uh, like and otherwise, like I said, it's hard to really pick anyone else. Uh, yeah, you I mean, pick. I would like to pick EQ for you know having some nice grabs, but he also had some pretty big drops. Yeah, I mean the the loser is the Packers' run defense. The mm-hmm. Packers, you know, kind of stalling on offense for a quarter and a half. Like th- those are the obvious losers. Like we don't need to keep drilling that into people's heads because right. I think. We've already done that enough. Yeah. What's your highlight of the game? My highlight of the game was Adrian Amos getting that stuff yes. on fourth in, or on third and five, whatever it was, and really kind of changing the tide in the Packers' favor. Yeah. Still giving them an opportunity to win. You know, this game kind of hurts more than the Buccaneers game. I know we just talked about that uh, before starting this podcast, just because it was close. The Packers could have been in this game. They lost to an opponent that are that is not as good as the Buccaneers. Yeah, so, the Buccaneers it's losing to a better opponent. Yeah, and you know, you know, at home, not traveling, division opponent, someone as a rival that you absolutely hate comes into your place and kind of stomps on your throat yep. in a way, but you're still in it. Like that is just the worst type of loss. Like there's so many one or two plays that go our way instead of theirs and the game's ours, but we just couldn't get it out of our own way. Yep. My uh, highlight of the game, and you mentioned it earlier, was that uh, Jay Sternberger fourth down catch. That was a really big play from yeah. Jace. That, that, that was early, but that really kind of set the tone yes, for the Packers. And that game led to early. the touchdown uh in the beginning of the game. I mean, imagine the universe where Jace doesn't catch that. Yeah, I mean what what where would we have been, you know? Because it's if we don't score there, they go down and score. Mm-hmm. We don't score the next time. You know right. what I mean? And like, then everybody hates Jace. Yeah. Because <laughs> why would you even look at him? And I thought, like, that was an example of how good of a player he can be, was getting in space, kind of stopping his route, Rodgers recognizing that, and mm-hmm. him just taking it upfield was really cool to see. Yep. Um, Daniel, before we totally move out of the recap here, I am never going to not overthink a game ever again. Yes. I got I got shown, I got egg in my face here. I said I wasn't going to overthink this game. You said uh, it was a non-factor that you were on to Thursday. I wasn't totally looking ahead, but yeah, I just I wanted to throw this one away, and it cost me. So I'm never doing that again. I will overthink every game. Okay, going forward. An interesting note about today's game was what Rogers said after in the post game that he thought that the elements, the weather elements, contributed more than he thought they would, and in, in more ways than in years past. Very odd for him to say something like that. Yeah, but I mean, Rogers is definitely. I think one of his negative flaws is he's a blame shifter. Sometimes, like mm. he'll never just go, "We just got beat." He'll kind of, "Oh, this was wrong" or "That was wrong." And I think, I mean, it was windy. I get that, but it's just interesting that he points that out as kind of a contributor, and that they didn't handle that well today. Because I yeah. feel like. Even that last punt, the Vikings punting to the Packers, 
I thought that could have been a huge return. It was a line drive punt. No one was within 20 yards, it felt like, or 15 yards within Tyler Irvin, but he just couldn't break to the outside. So it's like, I feel like you could have used the elements to your advantage more, but you just didn't. So yeah. that's an interesting thing as we kind of get in later to the season where elements become more and more of a factor. Yep. Well, Daniel, let's uh, let's move on from this one, put it in the rearview mirror. Get ready for the next one, but before we get into the preview, have one little bit of you know topic of conversation. I'll be interested to get your thoughts on it. Uh, you could almost call it topic of the week. Top of top of top of top of top of top. You had to get it in there. I can't go two episodes in a row without All right. doing it. Hey, Matt Lafleur hasn't lost two games in a row. I can't go two episodes without doing more it. power to you. I had to get it in. So top of the week, should the Packers tor- trade for a wide receiver? Here's my only thing, because I think what we're all thinking is it's going to be Will Fuller. My only thing with this is is I want him to be, I want to know, to know, to know that he will be available for either this game, the 49ers game, which is highly doubtful just because of the COVID stuff, Mm -hmm. or two weeks from now, two games from now, because my biggest fear is him coming in and not being able to grasp the offense or get in any rhythm with Rodgers, and he just sits and is unactive because last year, and I know Will Fuller and Ryan Grant from a year ago are not the same player, but it felt like when Ryan Grant got signed that he was going to be active. And call me wrong, but it just felt like we had depth problems, people were hurt, and we signed this guy to bring him in, but he was never activated through the whole year. Was it him? I know he's not the best player, and I know Will Fuller's a lot better than him, but like, was he able to grasp the offense? Was Rodgers able to create any type of chemistry with him? Because my fear is that he just won't be ready until week 12, and then we just wasted a draft pick on a guy who's sitting on our bench. Yeah, and that timeline of will Allen Lazard be ready by then? And then yeah. at that point, it's a mute point, because then you have Will Fuller, but you have Lazard back, so you want to have Lazard as the two. So it, it's kind of confusing and very muddled. And I think Will Fuller could bring so much to this offense because he is that deep threat that just Mercedes, or I'm sorry, Marquez can't fit into. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's definitely value with what he can bring. I just want to be able, I want to know that I know that he can come in and contribute early and often. Right, for sure. Uh, Interesting quote uh, from Rogers' uh, post-game press conference today. Uh, Someone asked him about trading for a wide receiver. And his response was, and quote, that's not a bad question, but it's not the one I can answer. I'm not going to stump for a guy because the last time I, excuse me, I'm not going to stump for a guy because the last time I stumped for a guy, he ended up in Buffalo. And that's for the uninitiated, that's referring to Jake Kumaro uh, ending up in Buffalo after Rodgers really vouched for him uh, during training camp. During training camp this offseason. So very interesting. So can you translate that to Rodgers saying, please get me some freaking help? I think today a lot of what was wrong was his frustration with, you know, EQ drops two big passes. I mean, he missed Tunyon and Jace on one, which, you know, he'd be the first one to say, you know, you know, my mechanics or something was off on that one. But also this offense, besides checkdowns and stuff to the tight ends, just didn't have any kind of traction. It was Devontae 
or a flat route to either Irvin or Jamal, and then that was it. And that is really concerning down the stretch because, you know, when you are in a game like today where you have to play some hurry up and some catch up, you need wide receivers to make plays, and they yeah. just there weren't there wasn't any to be made. I don't think there was a whole lot of separation that these other wide receivers were creating. And to be honest, besides outside of. Devontae's two touchdowns I mean he wasn't crazy productive today yeah he the still numbers a, weren't nuts a still decent game and had two touchdowns but still yeah. you need this guy or I'm sorry three touchdowns you yes. need this offense to be humming and when you get down in these games and you can't run you know whatever you want and Matt LaFleur can really bust out the creativity you need guys to step up and get open yeah uh, you made a comment during the game. I know I'm kind of backpedaling. You made a comment during the game that Rodgers' mechanics were off. Do you think that was just something because they were behind? Here's the thing, okay? Rodgers would never say that his mechanics are off. Yes. He always, Infamously, he would he, never say his mechanics are off. He always points to the, I have this uh, fundamentals trophy from high school or yes. something. <laughs> and, and I get that, okay? And he has arm talent out the wazoo. But what we saw the first four games this year was him stepping in the throws, him leading guys, him, you know, rearing back in the pocket, taking the first or second read. But through these last three weeks, it started in the Buccaneers game. We saw it last week against the Texans, and we saw it today is him falling away, him throwing off the back foot and stuff like that. And it's just it always leads to, yeah, he can still make good throws from these awkward angles, but it's not sustainable. We need him in rhythm. We need him f- stepping into throws. You know, he underthrew Irvin on one, underthrew Tunyon on that big one that could have been a touchdown, Massive you know, play, yeah. overthrew Sternberger. You know, these are the things where it's just like, if it's not mechanics, what is it? I get you're human and you can just miss, but through four weeks when I feel like your mechanics and you can go back to looking at them were so spot on, there has to be something you got to point out. You know what I mean? Yes, for sure. And I think this is the persona that you get with a all-star, all-time franchise QB is that they become – you can't even address anything about them because you're kind of going after the cognoscenti of your own team. But it's right. just like you're not infallible and you contributed to the loss whether you like it or not in any any situation. You're contributing to a loss if you're on a football team. Right. For sure. All right. Now, on to the next one. This game's in the rearview mirror, Daniel. Don't think about this one after I, tomorrow. I don't want to think about it. Well, thankfully, we have a short week. So the next game, we get our redemption is, is close, possibly, or more suffering, however you want to look at it. But the but the redemption comes against a team that smacked us twice last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As our number. Yep. Well, let's move on to it. The preview against the 49ers. This is obviously not the same 49ers team that, that kicked our teeth in twice last year. Correct. I, I would say they're not the same on defense. I mm-hmm. think they're pretty similar to the offense. They're, but they're missing guys like Debo. And- they have Brandon Ayuk. He he can play that Debo role. I think, you know, Kyle's use check is looking amazing this year, in mm-hmm. my opinion, and really stretching their passing game. And then, I mean, you could put a grandma on a wheelchair back there at running back, and Kyle Shanahan would scheme that open. I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh yeah. Any other any other thoughts on this one? Early initial thoughts. The Packers got to find a way to stop the run. Yes. I it's very unlikely, but they have to find a way because if not, you're going to have the same results 
Yeah. And you got to find a way. Aaron Rodgers can't turn over the ball, which he didn't do today. And that's what kept us in this game. Because if he would have turned over the ball, it probably would have been 35 20. Mm-hmm. And we have to find a way to get pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo, which yeah. in week nine, was it we played him last year? Week 12 or something in that range. When we played them in the regular season, I'll just say that. We. Early on in the game, put pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo and stayed in it. The minute that game got out of hand was when we were unable to attack him in any way, shape, or form. And, you know, last year at around week eight or nine, that's when Zadarius Smith really came on strong. So he's got to come on strong again. Or Rashawn Gary's going to have to really step up. Our Preston Smith's going to have to really start contributing because right now the pass rush looks absolutely it's not existent. And yeah. today, during the Vikings game, we only put pressure on the quarterback two times. Two quarterback against pressures. Against an offensive line that, I mean, that we we've can just do work bo- against. We've bullied the past yeah. three times we've played them. And then this fourth time, they had our number. Right. So the Packers have to find a way to get this game into Jimmy Garoppolo's hands. And then, for the love of God, Matt LaFleur, stick with the run game. You yeah. totally abandoned it the last two times we played the 49ers. You cannot do that. I yeah. know either Aaron Jones is going to be ready or he's not. But I think it's a non-factor because we can move the ball just fine with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. I'm sorry. Jamal Williams AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon. Thank you. Sorry. No, you're good. And also... I know this is going to be one of your X factors, but you got to get other pass catchers involved. Mm-hmm. I think Jay Sternberger and Robert Tanyan have to be like essential parts to your game plan. Yeah. You know, I wonder where John Lovett was today. Not really utilized, which I thought was kind of a reason. I just don't know why they didn't utilize him because he's had a really good season, I thought. And then, you know, you're hoping to get guys healthy back this week, but you can't bank on that. You have to bank on, you know, these guys were out last week and we need to kind of game plan for something else. Yeah, and that also, was a comment uh, LaFleur made, uh, and I'm sorry, I'll let you finish your point, but that was a comment LaFleur made was that these guys, we have what we have. Yeah. As far as getting ready for Thursday's game, like, this is it. Yeah. And, I mean, David Bakhtiari back would help. Aaron Jones back would help. Honestly, Raven Green back and Billy Wynn would be two guys who like will not get the kind of national media recognition as far as like what their injury status is but if you could have those two guys back that really helps this defense just become a little more solid against the run because when Raven Green's in there he helps with the run so much and I think Billy Wynn to kind of come out on first and second down and just eat up blocks and let Kenny or Zadarius kind of eat a little bit more would be really helpful for this defense. Yeah, it's it's very interesting uh, going from Mike Zimmer to now, uh, you know, a defensive coach that likes to run to now Kyle Shanahan, who has shown when the run game works, he won't go. He'll jump down your throat. That and that's the NFC the Championship game where Jimmy Garoppolo throws the ball what eight times, eleven or something. Yeah, something, something like crazy. that. He will be totally content to run the ball and not have Jimmy throw the ball. And that's the thing with the Packers is it looks like they just don't make adjustments at times. Like you, we all knew what was coming in the second half, especially in those last few drives, and they kind of got a backbone a little bit on those last two. But you have to understand. They're going to run these running backs at you until you stop them. Yeah. So your best bet is to stuff up run lanes and have Jimmy beat you. The only thing is, is do we have a corner or a safety or anyone in the world who can stop George Kittle? Because he ran over us in that regular season game. And I just, the Packers feel 
overmatched once again in this competition. And it's it's not because the 49ers are such a better team than us. It's just they're good at everything we're really bad at. That's the thing is it's a matchup issue. It's not a talent issue. Yeah. It is a matchup issue. Yes. Uh, 49ers, I mean, even in spite of the 49ers being banged up, you're still nervous about it because Kyle Shanahan and Robert Sala are still great coaches. They're going to be coached up and ready to go for this game, regardless of uh, you know the outcome against Seattle. Yeah, uh, I think that's the thing is it either they're going to be coming off a loss or a win, and we're coming off a loss. Like that doesn't change our point of view of this game. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, we're both going to be hungry teams, but if we lose this game, we're no better than them. And we were a lot of people in the national media and in Packer fandom were dogging the 49ers two weeks ago. Right. But we're in the exact same place mm-hmm. if we lose on Thursday night. And if we lose on Thursday night, we're lo- losing footing in the division to the Bears. Well, yeah, and that depends. I mean, we're kind of recording this at a bad time because we don't know if the Bears are going to win or lose this game against the Saints. Right. But it just, yeah, I mean, we were ahead and looking like an NFC powerhouse, and now we got a little bit of catch-up to do. Yes, and you and I talked about on this podcast quite a bit. We're in the toughest stretch of the Packers season. Once we get past this 49ers game, we're kind of in the easiest part of the schedule. Yeah. But we wanted to come out of the stretch 2-2 two and two at least. Two and two would be great. We're one and two right now in the stretch. If we could win Thursday, come out two and two, I mean, we got the whole rest of the schedule ahead of us. I mean, other than the Bears and the Titans, I think there's not really else to worry about. No matter what Thursday looks like, if you can win ugly, if you can win six to seven, if you can just get out of Thursday with a win, I think it's going to set you up for this back half of the season in a really good way. Yes. But. My just worry is that, you know, we get behind the eight ball and then we get blown out or something. It just puts a bad morale on the rest of this back half. And it gives a lot of teams just blueprints and ideas on how to beat beat us. us. So I just think that the Packers really need to kind of set back and get ready to go because you got four days to get ready for this next game. And I mean, it's against a really good opponent. Yep. And then it will be nice having that mini buy. Yeah. After this game. And, you know, you got rest a few weeks ago on your bye, but this yes. needs this next bye needs to be a preparation bye. Yes. This needs to be, you know, <laughs> don't leave the, the city on the weekend, be in Green Bay, like really eat up film, study, and all that. Because, I mean, if you want to be a Super Bowl contender, you can't have stinkers. You mm-hmm. can lose games, but you cannot have stinkers. You have to perform every single game. Yes. Well, you could at least have you can have blips, but not trends. Yeah, and I mean, and Thursday night could could be the set of a trend if we get blown out again in the run game. It could be a trend, and that's the thing is Matt Lafleur has not lost two straight games in his young coaching career. Mm-hmm. Will this be the time? You you have to know it's coming sometime. It's no, no coach can't go, you know. 20 years coaching and not have this happen, but how long can we prolong this? Because I think we have a great team. We have a great squad. We have great role players, great key players and all that. And I just think that this team needs to put it all together and and kind of come out and have a great performance on Thursday night football. Is Mike Pedden's seat hotter after this game today? If they get in. thrashed on Thursday night through the run, like I'm talking 200 yards rushing, I think there's a serious opportunity that he could get fired in in season. Because I think, I honestly think Matt LaFleur, his blood's boiling. I, I really yeah. do. Because I think he realizes that I need a defense because his offense is still working. Today it had, you know, a few just minor setbacks. But mm-hmm. still, 
22 points against a division opponent in kind of a back-and-forth type game is not bad. But you need that key defensive play, a few stops, and meaningful games. You can't let them keep scoring, and then you lose the momentum. Right. That's what happened today is the Packers just lost the momentum. And, you know, not having fans contributes to that. Like, you know, I'm sure Lambeau would have been crazy after those two defensive stops in a row. Oh, yeah. I think it would have been a madhouse. But you really need to show Matt LaFleur, if you're Mike Pettin, that you want this job and that you can keep this job. Mm -hmm. And not have a kryptonite. And it's going to be interesting, too, because the No, the kryptonite's real. It is real. (laughs) Like, it's not not seen a trend. It is a trend. The Packers are bad against the run. Yeah. Uh, And very interesting, too, the ties of Kyle Shanahan to Mike Pettin again. Will that be exploited? We'll see. We'll see. It's a weird little love triangle, us and the 49ers. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. I kind of hate. I hate it more than love it. Yeah, but are we ready for game predictions? Well, I was gonna say, who are your X factors? My X factors, because we uh, have to have X factors okay. for every preview. That that's true. That's this true. This is still a preview. This is a preview this now. Is an abnormal episode. But Viking this is still two. Preview. Viking two. Viking right? two. All right. I have two X factors. The Packers' offensive line. They struggled in the two games against the 49ers last year. Mm-hmm. Them just being able to send four rushers and basically dictate the whole game was very telling. But I think the Packers have to be ready to run the ball. And also, when we need to throw the ball, Rodgers is going to have to have time because they play a lot of that cloud three, cover three. That's very difficult on quarterbacks to kind of read the field. And so I think that the Packers will probably need a great game through their offensive line. And my other winner, or my next X Factor, sorry, still Mm. thinking winners and losers. My next X Factor is the Packers secondary. They need to force a turnover in this game. This game against the 49ers will be critical. They didn't get a turnover in either of the two games in the regular season. You need a turnover in this 49ers game, and that will change the tide. I'm looking at Jair Alexander. I'm looking at Josh Jackson. I'm looking at Adrian Amos. You know, punch out the ball. Force something Mm. because your front seven could be abused this whole game. But if you can make that one play to change the tide, you can win this game. Jimmy Garoppolo can make mistakes. He He does make mistakes. mistakes. He does make mistakes. So it's there. It's another quarterback you can force to make mistakes and capitalize on, even though they didn't do it today. And this secondary needs to realize that and be ready to go. For sure. My X factor is a wide receiver not named Devontae Adams. (laughs) Just any wide receiver not named Devontae Adams needs to step up if it's MVS. A guy not number 17. A guy who didn't go to 17. A guy who didn't go to Fresno State for college. Yep. Uh, Yeah. Somebody needs to step up in the number two spot. Even if it's Jay Sternberger or Robert Tanyan. So you're saying it could be another pass catcher. Another pass catcher, yes. Uh, In my notes I had as a a wide receiver. That would be nice, but just somebody else other than Devontae that Aaron's not going to feel forced to throw throw the ball to and try to force plays and get all good of rhythm and ruin drives. A wide receiver or a pass catcher not named Devontae Adams needs to be the X factor in this game. Daniel, any other uh, closing thoughts on this before we get out of here? No. I'm a little fiery. I could talk for hours about... Any other rants you have? The, the no. floor is yours for no. any rants. No. I, I, need, I need to get out of here. Rants. I think I'm getting tired. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Well, Daniel, where can people find you on the internet? 
People can find me at Daniel Marhanka on Instagram and Twitter. That's M-A-R-H-A-N-K-A. Where can people find you on the internet, Austin? You can find me at Austin A. Gann on Twitter and Instagram. More importantly, you can find the podcast at Titletown Podcast on Twitter, Instagram. We have a Facebook page, Titletown Podcast. Follow us there for some great content there. Follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Leave a review if you can. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Share the love. We appreciate it. We appreciate you spending the time with us. Until next time, see ya. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go, baby. And adios. Adios.